0: Uh, A warm welcome to you all this morning. Um, I would like to ask uh, Sister Michelle to keep uh, Felix awake. If you see him sleeping, (laughs) you must nudge him. Not to really call him out, but since yesterday he says he slept late, got home late, obviously that means that he's terrible, he's going to fall asleep so we can get him some water do everything to keep him awake so that he's more helping our brother you know that's this that's being uh, the one another's yes the one another's yes yes, yes. if you've got your bibles with you please turn uh to <coughs> ephesians chapter 6 Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, and uh, today we'll spend some time from verse uh, 14 to 16, From, from verse 14 to 16. Ephesians chapter 6 But uh, to get a context I'll read from verse 10 today And uh, anchor Sorry, from verse 10 to 20 And then anchor On verse 14 To 16 In fact, verse 14b to 16 To be precise Finally Finally Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare boldly as I ought to speak. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, without your help, we cannot understand this word. Without your Spirit... Our, our minds and our hearts will not be opened accordingly without your spirit we will not be able to understand the ancient words I do pray oh God that your Holy Spirit may convict us of sin may convict me the preacher as well accordingly even though it has convicted me in my own study I pray that it may do so today that I I too may be changed from the inside out I just pray oh God that if there is someone here who is really battling this spiritual warfare and is feeling overcome and is feeling defeated that by the power of your grace by the power of the, of the gospel they may once again be restored to a place of fellowship in christ i just pray that my hearers may keep attentive that my hearers may hear the word of god and may not be distracted. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My Shoko, I was going to ask if you can also come in. You also need to hear these words so that the Lord may help you to deal with Neraya. Maybe you can even sit in the back. Okay. I hope that you're also noting down. <coughs> so friends. Have you ever wondered why the Christian life. Is a battle. Ever wondered why the ascendancy to the top of the mountain. As it were. Is lifelong. It's, it's treacherous. Christian life is not easy it also has aspects of being trained as Paul shows here that Christians are not only on a journey to the top of the mountain the mountain of Zion as it were because they've been saved by grace but also they're being trained as soldiers they're being trained to live a life worthy of the calling and the training is lifelong you, you, when you are saved you don't just arrive it does not mean that once someone is saved they can just pack up their bags and do nothing friends but ultimately we will eventually win because the victory was already won for us by Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. And sometimes we fall. Sometimes we fall mightily and heavily. Because we would have succumbed to sin. And would have given, we've been given to the evil one. But friends, this morning I want to encourage you through the word of God. That God has already won the battle in Christ Jesus. And we have the artillery necessary to see us through. We must not fight this battle as those without hope. As some Christians do. They are already defeated. They've got no hope. Hence people find ways to escape this world, things like depression, suicide, anxiety, instead of focusing on Christ, focusing on God, focusing on the gospel, and knowing that we are victorious in the Lord Jesus Christ, not within ourselves, because if we look to ourselves, we'll be defeated. If we look in of ourselves as the ones who are powerful we will be defeated we are defeated and i will allude to this later on as i touch on a couple of points but we see here in chapter 6 from verses 10 to 20 the, the apostle paul starts with on this trajectory on this issue of spiritual warfare he introduces this reality that there is actually a great war that is taking place in the unseen world against the seen worlds. There is a great battle in the spiritual realms that we cannot see but it is Directly assaulting the seen world. Whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian. You you, you you would agree with me. That evil exists. It exists in many shapes and forms. That is why even non-believers when somebody dies. They'll say Satan amutora. They do believe in evil. The Christian, no sooner have they been saved, will soon realize that not only is is my battle with the flesh, with self, but also with the world. But not only that, the battle is also with the devil and his agents. And I want you to look at the passage again, just to get a whole picture of what Paul is doing and where Paul is taking us. First of all, you see there in verses 10 to 11 of chapter 6, the apostle Paul calls the Christian to stand firm in Christ. There's a call to stand firm. Secondly, there's a call to heed the existing enemies from verse 12. So the call is to stand firm because they are enemies from verse 12. There is a call to take up arms, as we saw last week. The Apostle Paul shows the different artillery that we have at our disposal to live a victorious life in Christ Jesus. And we saw last week that there is an article or a piece of clothing which is known as the belt of truth which I concluded and many other commentators and even the scriptures conclude that it is the word of God. And by the way, dear friends, I want to ask you this morning that how has been your Bible reading this week? How is the belt of truth in your life? Have you forsaken it? If you, forsa- if you forsook it, what happened? If you have been reading and meditating upon the word of God, rightly, what are the results? I'll leave that to you to answer in your mind. But we see today as we will look at the next articles of, of clothing, which are part of God's armor, we see that God gives us these things to fight the good fight, And these other articles are held together from the word of God, by the word of God, or flow from the word of God. So, for example, you will not be able to know what righteousness is if you don't have the word of God. You will not be able to know the peace of God, which is the gospel, if you don't have the word of God. Or let alone active faith and abiding faith without the word of God. Let alone saving faith itself. Look at how the Apostle Paul puts it from verse 14b to 16. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth And having put on the breastplate of righteousness And as shoes for your feet Having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace In all circumstances Take up the shield of faith With which you can extinguish all The flaming darts of the evil one, friends. I want us to look at the next three article articles of clothing that the Apostle Paul says the soldier of Christ must be dressed in, or must wear, or must take up, or must assume. And these three articles of clothing he uses metaphorically: one, righteousness; two, peace. Three, faith. We're doing a word study basically on righteousness, peace, and faith. Let us first look at righteousness. Kururama. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Friends, when we think of the breastplate, it was part of the whole armor of God. It was uh, 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 sorry. Let me take that again. It was part of the whole armor of the soldier, which, as one commentator puts uh, points out, covered the body from neck to the thighs. It was made of bronze, though more affluent officers wore a coat of chain mail. It covered both the back and front and would protect the most delicate or vulnerable places of the body. in isaiah fifty nine verse seven, we are told that uh, verse seventeen we're told that the Messiah put on the put on righteousness like a breastplate. So we see friends, that this breastplate that we're being told about covers, the chest, the heart area, the stomach area, we're told that it covers the back and the thighs. So it covers the most important parts of the body. It covers the most vulnerable parts of the body. So what is righteousness An attribute of God's being? God's right and just character, actions and judgment. God's righteousness as understood in a covenantal context includes God's right judgment of both God's own people and those who oppress them. So righteousness is God's being. It defines who God is. So when the Christian is saved, he has been imputed by God's righteousness, by Christ's righteousness. That's what it means to be righteous. When we say God is righteous, we are saying God is the ultimate definition of uprightness. There is no other, uh, other definition of uprightness. You, 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 you can't say someone is righteous apart from from God, having imputed his righteousness. So friends, having seen this definition, by extension, righteousness denotes the type of life that ought to characterize Jesus' disciples. Believers are to, as Paul said earlier on, imitate God and thereby become righteous in their life just as God is righteous. Friends, if you're a child of God, you ought to imitate God. If you're a child of the Nazombis, as you're growing up in the family clan, you were invariably going to imitate them. The way they live, who they are, our family heritage, the the Tinaros, etc., etc., but now that you are a child of God, you are to imitate God himself. You are to love the very things that God loves. You are to hate the very things God hates. You are to be perfect as my father in heaven is perfect, as it was said in the word of God. You are to imitate. You are to speak God's words after him you are to love the word of God you are to love the things of God you are to love the church of Christ you are to love righteousness and friends I want us to say that God's righteousness is only imputed or imparted unto us so let me just explain that term when we say imputed or imparted, We are saying that God has bestowed, has put on you, has given you, has infused in you, has drilled in you righteousness. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? It only means that Christ is the suitable candidate to make us righteous. It means that Christ is the only one who has the sufficient credentials to stand between God and man. It means that he is the only one who can cleanse us of all guilt and unrighteousness. This is very important when it comes to dealing with sin, when it comes to dealing with the evil one. If you miss God's righteousness in Christ Jesus, you have missed the Christian life. If you miss the fact that the only way to return to God Dear Christian, when you have sinned, it is only through Christ Jesus you have missed the Christian life. That is why so many people, when you talk to them on the street, they'll tell you, I'm too bad to go to God. True, you are. But there's a mediator, there's Christ. Appeal to Christ. Why why do people run away from the means that God has provided? Why do people want to form their own paths of righteousness? Friends, what I'm describing to you is called the doctrine of double double imputation or substitution. I'll explain. Double imputation is the great exchange that happened at the cross when cro- when Christ was on the cross and he was crying out why have you, my 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 god my god why have you forsaken me why have you turned away from me the sins of those that the father gave him were put on him, and his righteousness was put on them. That was that is known as the great exchange or double imputation, or more recently, it's called substitution. Christ died in your place. Where do we find this in the Bible? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. When Paul is writing the Corinthians, he says, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. For our sake he made him, who knew no sin, to be sin. That is the gospel. That is the gospel, the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He made him who knew no sin to be sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of god so when christ looks when god looks at believers he sees his son that is why the lord jesus christ is the only one qualified to be the mediator he's interceding for you if you are in christ He is interceding for you right now. As the devil is accusing you. As the devil throws slanders. As you hear that voice in your head that says, You are a sinner. You are unworthy. Don't stand on the pulpit. Because you know how you have been living. Christ is saying, My righteousness is on that person. I took his sin. Galatians 3.13 Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is one who is hung on a tree. Christ became a curse. He was not only a substitution. He was not only, uh, uh, you you know, he, he did not only impute his righteousness upon us. Christ became a curse. He died in our place. We were meant to be cursed, friends. If if you don't get anything about the gospel, get this. Christ became a curse. The crucifixion is not a joke. The atonement is not a joke. It is not something to go around blaspheming and, and making jokes about like the world does. Oh, Jesus, this... Jesus that he became a curse when he was being taken to Golgotha and this is what Paul is saying friends Paul is saying put on the breastplate of righteousness Christ's righteousness is yours But when he's saying put on the breastplate he's saying now live the christian life be righteous prove that you are indeed in christ (coughs) turn with me friends quickly to first corinthians chapter 1 verse 26 to 30 right at the beginning of this letter, the Apostle Paul, as he's writing to the church in Corinth, the sinful church in Corinth, he makes the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus very clear. Verse 26. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let one boast. Who boasts, boast in the Lord. Double imputation, substitution. We should learn these doctrines, friends. They guide us in our lives. In our Christian lives, don't take it lightly. Don't listen to those people tell you, ah, this, this is too much doctrine. Mr. substitution G, continue your life. If you don't understand substitution, you have missed a huge element of the gospel. If you don't understand double imputation, you have missed. A huge chunk of the gospel. How else? Where else would your sins be? Friends, tell me. Tell me who would justify you. I hear many Christians lie to themselves these days. I am strong. I can bind the devil. Be man enough. Man up. And don't show vulnerability and weakness. But the Bible says otherwise, friends. That you are weak, but Christ is strong. That is why we sing, I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. There is no other argument. When you stand on judgment day, you have no plea. You have no argument, but you have an advocate who stands on your behalf. A high priest. Who is interceding. Who has been interceding for you. Christ Jesus. And that's what Paul is saying. That is the breastplate of righteousness. Christ has already died for you. Now you must live a righteous life. And that is the other one way of fighting the good fight the, the the good fight in spiritual warfare is to live a godly life satan is the accuser but he cannot accuse the one who is living a godly life in the spirit the way we live friends as christians here i'm talking about i'm not talking about prosperity junk I'm not talking about, you know, being victorious like these guys talk about. I'm talking about the quality of a Christian life. Which means it will impact your decisions. The decisions you make. Where I'm going to work. Have you ever thought that being righteous in Christ will affect where you work? Who you marry? If you're a Christian, will you marry an unbeliever? What about the movies we watch? What amount of nudity is there? What amount of swearing is there? What amount of sensuality is there? The things we let into our homes, entertainment, the places we're found. Friends, righteousness will either make it harder for the devil to accuse us or easier for him to destroy us. Friends, they are dodgy Christians today. There are many people who are not honest to one another about who they are. There are many Christians who are hypocrites. And our prayer collectively should be Help me not to be a hypocrite, oh God. The devil uses hypocrites for his work. Help me to be upright. Help me to be dignified. Help me to be a person of integrity. That's righteousness. I find it so hard to believe that someone can say I'm a child of God and yet they do behave exactly the way the devil behaves. Paul is saying the Christian should be armed with righteousness. One of the marks of a true Christian is righteousness. Do you want to see a true Christian? Show me someone who's righteous. That's that article number one, put on righteousness, because Christ has already imputed righteousness upon you. Second thing that I want us to see, friends, is peace. Let us go back to our text. Peace. We have looked at righteousness. I hope we're together, I hope I'm clear. Now we look at peace. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. Uh, chapter 6 verse 14. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as shoes for your feet. Having put on the readiness. Given by the gospel of peace. The Roman soldiers wore sandals. Waka masandaki my sandals these were simultaneously able to help them to travel through the hardest terrains also to endure long marches and to move at incredible speeds this the the shoes were not slippery they were not like concrete blocks so that you cannot move but they were appropriate and friends this is a clear allusion Paul has in mind Isaiah 52 verse 7 which talks about you know uh, you know how be- how beautiful are the are the feet that bring good news nonetheless the word peace in the greek simply means to be set as one once again it's to be reconciled the word is erene And the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the gospel of reconciliation. Romans 5.1 Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. All the reconciliatory work, friends, that is happening in this world falters because it does not have the gospel of the lord jesus christ which actually reconciles that's why paul is saying one of the spiritual one of the articles that we can we have at our disposal as soldiers of the cross is the readiness given by the gospel of peace, the gospel of reconciliation. The gospel is actually an offensive weapon in spiritual warfare. You can use the gospel to thwart error. You can use the gospel to refute heresy. You can use the gospel to reconcile a wife and a husband. Mankind have tried most recently to crack the code of life. They've tried to bring Ukraine and Russia together. They've tried to bring the and Shona together. They've tried to reconcile our politics. People are looking for solutions for this sexuality and gender issues. For violence, for depression, for oppression, for anxiety. But Paul is saying here, your answer is not in humanistic tendencies or mechanisms. Your answer is the gospel of peace and the gospel of peace will help you as you trudge on like a Roman soldier. The gospel that is never appealed to in the world, they don't appeal to the gospel. The gospel, you know, what? Why do you want to preach to me the gospel? They'll tell you that I just need medication, I need help. I need to steal my way to the top. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are saved from sin. You have to imitate Christ. Christ says work hard. What does the world do? I want to steal. I want to cheat. So I can get to the top. I want to sleep with everyone. So I can make my way to the top. You're wasting away. For the gospel addresses everything it speaks into these things and this is why the reason why the, the world and the church are in a mess today is because they want peace but without the prince of peace they want everything great without Christ the gospel of peace is, is a message that the Christian is armed with to wage war Against the spiritual forces in the heavenly places. One example is that the gospel brings division in familial ties. It breaks useless relationships or friendships. It brings like-minded people together. And it brings sinners to salvation. (coughs) One way to arm yourself against the evil one is to evangelize regularly, friends. Make evangelism a priority in your life. And I want to show you how practical it is to evangelize. One example could be even the way we talk about football. In the afternoon, you know, when people are relaxed. Oh, Arsenal, Bora, Man City, you know. Oh, how even... Have you ever found, found it interesting that even when you're walking in the street, you can meet someone bora, and you can just talk about football? You can apply evangelism to that. That really actually, the way they've made evangelism is for you to be, we are marching, and you know, you take your Bible and you go, and you know, everything is serious but you can actually evangelize on the move. You can actually share the gospel in a minute. You can actually share the gospel with your workmate. You can turn the conversation up. Or even in the way you live and in the way you work, for example, last Sunday, someone can see you at work and say, oh, you're such a dignified brother. Why is it so you're so honest and there's integrity in the way you work and this transparency i've never seen you stealing or joining these people who who, who who are doing all sorts of illegal things at work stealing from the boss and then you say right this is the time preach the gospel why, are you, why are you why why are you like this people ask why are you like this you give them the reason for your hope evangelism is practical the Christian life is practical but friends, as a church we must be individuals who evangelize wherever we go we must it it must be our nature because we are children of God it is not something that you are like ah, but you know and I know sometimes friends, let's be honest it's difficult to speak to people because of our own pride maybe even the way people are these days antisocial always busy always running around but Paul says having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace the gospel brings peace to the sinner and it brings peace That you are at peace with God, and so the devil, even when he throws darts at you, even when you're facing hardships, there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. We'll move on to the last article, friends, of faith that the Apostle Paul puts there. He says, In all circumstances, Take up the shield of faith with which you can distinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Friends, I want to give us five things that can shake your faith in this life and leave you vulnerable. Trials. Sicknesses. There are some of us here who've got sicknesses we don't know of. Ailments that have shak- are shaking Our faith, temptations, sin can cause you to doubt God's goodness and your assurance. Doubts, doubting God can accomplish his purposes, can shake your faith. The evil one in the world, sorry, the evil in the world can shake your faith hopelessness in circumstances in Zimbabwe these can all shake your faith and leave you vulnerable to the attacks of the evil one thus Paul would go to Christians in Ephesus and say in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of Of the evil one. How powerful is that? He's saying in all circumstances. Trust God. That's what he's saying. The shield was a large. the, The shield in those days was a large oval shaped thing. Which you could hide behind. And as the enemy was coming and shooting flaming arrows. The, the the shield could be dipped in water and you could use it to protect yourself and those flaming arrows would be extinguished paul is saying that that's what faith in god does he's not saying that's what it can do He's not talking about positive affirmation. He's not talking about positive thinking. He's not talking about naming it and claiming it and chanting. No, no, no. He's talking about an unwavering faith in a holy God. And friends, this one is not to be confused with when Paul says, take up the shield of faith. He's not talking about saving faith or salvation. He's talking about a living and active faith because you are saved. Trusting God even when your situation is hopeless. Trusting in God even if it means that all you have is gone your dignity, your property, perhaps even so, your marriage is falling apart. Paul is saying, if you want the devil not to touch you, trust in God in those circumstances. Even if you don't understand. There are so many things in our lives now, friends, that we don't understand. There are so many happenings that have happened over the years that we don't understand. Say, God, why am I in this situation? Paul is saying, extinguish that thought because it's from the devil. Trust in God. Trust him with your circumstances. Trust the, trust God and he will accomplish his purposes. Even if you have a slothful husband, if you have an unsubmissive wife, she doesn't listen to you. She, she, all she ever does is slander you. Paul is saying, trust in God in that situation. See how practical the Christian life is. Saying by doing so, you will not be vulnerable to the attacks of the evil one. There are so many hopeless Christians. So many faithless Christians. They are beat down. They are down and out. Simply because they don't trust in God. look at their circumstances they look to self as the answer and friends you know that in your circumstances in yourself there's no hope you're a hopeless person in and of yourself you need to trust in god and this one is very important because that's where the devil throws his darts, throws his darts and the Christian is left bruised and battered. 1st John chapter 5 verse 4 to 5, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except for the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Who is it that overcomes the world? Friend, if you have faith in a holy God, no one can touch you. No one. This is not motivational speech, I am telling you the truth. If you don't, if you, if, if, if you have unwavering faith in God, nothing in this world will come close to you. Because all you ever do with all the circumstances is give it to God. Do His will. In a circumstance that is seemingly difficult, the best way for you to fight against the devil's darts. Is to trust in God and have integrity. And many people don't have that because they have no hope. They're not fighting. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 9. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering. experienced are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world it's the same this is not new whatever you're going through is not new friends trust in God it's not new to mankind 1st John chapter 5 verse 18 we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep sinning but he who was born of god protects him and the evil one sorry he who was bo- who was born of god protects him and the evil one does not touch him friends those in christ the battle has been won for us let's fight the good fight with righteousness peace, and faith. You see now that the the armor is now being complete for battle. Paul is finishing. He's saying this is all you need. I hope you get the picture, friends. Amen.